Hey, and welcome to All Things Renovation with Brandy the Boss Lady and Paul the Wood Magician. We're a fun-loving couple who eat, breathe, and live all things renovation, and we'll be your hosts on this podcast. We created the podcast to help you take a confident role in your renovation dreams and get your project done right, on time, on budget, and with quality craftsmanship. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Many people are keen to undertake DIY projects, and unfortunately, what may appear to save them cash or time could prove to be quite costly if something goes awry. Technical Safety BC recently conducted a survey that found that despite 72% of British Columbians agreeing that unpermitted work can have repercussions on their home insurance coverage, now for this, head back to episode five for a conversation more on the insurance aspects, and almost half of those people, or half of British Columbians, did not know that they needed a permit to do a home repair or a renovation project at all. The survey also found that one in five of us report having moved a light switch or an entire light fixture in the past five years, and we all skipped those crucial steps of getting a permit or using a licensed contractor. And almost one third said they would consider doing a repair or a renovation without hiring a contractor um, or obtaining a permit, even though some were aware of the potential risks associated with the unpermitted work. Now, many showed a lack of understanding around obtaining the permits. 56% of them said they don't know how to apply for one in the first place. So today I have Michael Pilato on the show, and he is the Technical Leader for Electrical Technology at Technical Safety BC. That's quite the mouthful. He started his career in 1991 as a Red Seal electrician. And in 2004, he joined Technical Safety BC as an Electrical Safety Officers class sort of inspector and moved into the role of Technical Leader Electrical in 2019. Michael currently serves as the Vice President of the Canadian Section of the International Association of Electrical Inspectors, the IAEI, and is the President of the BC Chapter. He's also a member of the Canadian Advisory Council on Electrical Safety, CACES, representing BC, and he's also the current Vice Chair of the Regulatory Authority Committee within that body. Michael also serves as a member of the CSA C22-1, Canadian Electrical Code Part 1 in various capacities. And he, he's also a member of the SPE 1000 Technical Subcommittee, Subcommittee and the Technical Committee on Industrial Products. Lastly, and probably the most fun, he lives in the sunny Okanagan where one can easily obtain world-class wine. Now, Welcome to the show, Michael. That was like quite the bio that you've got a lot on your CV. It's like fantastic. Congratulations. Yes, great. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah. So I was curious, why did Technical Safety BC even conduct the survey in the first place? Like, what is it that drove that whole initiative? Well, we like to keep our pulse on, on you know, um, the British Columbians and how they deem safety and what their knowledge is around the permitting process and what work can or cannot be done under a permit. Um, this guides our, our, you know, educational opportunities and it guides our, our marketing and communication strategies uh, when trying to, you know, either increase um, the awareness out there or, you know, provide education for those that uh, may need it. Yeah, fair enough. So like, how often do you do these surveys then? Is it kind of like once every couple of years, once a year, every six months? Like what's the regularity of them? Um, there's different orders of magnitude of, of these types of surveys. So we're in continual communication with our client bases, you know, um, throughout 
uh, throughout the year, whether that be uh, questions at the end of some of the permitting processes, or if you're just logging on to our website and you'll get a questionnaire pop up, a quick survey. And then there's more formal surveys um, like this that are done quite routinely. Um, they're ongoing. Uh, we have seven different technologies at Technical Safety BC. Electrical is only one of them. So electrical is in the queue. And when it comes up again, then the big surveys come back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, you may not even know the answer to this question, but it just occurred to me. Have we seen a shift or a change in the knowledge that people have at large? Uh, have we seen a, a, a greater understanding of you know permitting and, and licensed contractor uh, to be hired for work around your house and all that kind of thing? Are we seeing a shift at all? Well, as you've mentioned, I've been here since 2004. Um, it's remained fairly static. Um, like you say, people people generally are aware that there are some requirements. Um, some choose not to do them. Um, <laughs> Ask me no questions, I'll tell you no lies. <laughs> that type of attitude sometimes. I mean, I am, I've been called frugal in my past. So, uh, you know, cost savings are important to me as well. Um, certainly permitting and using licensed qualified individuals isn't somewhere that I feel um, corners should be cut uh, due to cost savings measures. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. So what's the most interesting thing you've learned uh, from the survey that we've, that you've just conducted? Like what, what, was there anything that stood out that was the most interesting piece that maybe was unexpected? For myself, I think it's, it's that, you know, um, the survey showed that, you know, um, it just, it, it highlighted the, the fact that people don't know when they need a permit for specific things. You know, we tend to talk awfully techy techy um, at a higher level, codes and standards. Uh, but when you get right down to it, do I need it for a light fixture? Do I need it for a ceiling fan? Do I need it for a snap switch? And depending on where you are on the spectrum of qualified individual, um, the, the requirements do change. If it's a sim simple snap switch or a receptacle, a plug, a replacement and it's done by a contractor, no permit is required. If it's done by a homeowner, a permit is required. So there are differences and it, it's interesting to see the feedback we receive on, on how people perceive the, the requirement for the permit and for what electrical products. Yeah, I mean, and every jurisdiction has a slightly different permitting process, you know, the uh, authority having jurisdiction over, you know, that neighborhood or that, that city. So it's best just to go directly to your uh, planning department and see what the the process is. I mean, like overall, basically you, you go, you tell them what the scope of work is and, you know, they ask for a bunch more information and depending on how minor or major, you may have to provide some more documentation and all that kind of thing. But for something as, as straightforward as a, a switch or a receptacle or what have you, and they, from an electrical sort of uh, lens, um, yeah, I mean, it should be pretty straightforward. You go in and just almost get something over the counter is kind of what we used to call it. Um, and you kind of off you go, even within a couple of days or something, right? And oh, in, in, in most in most cities, in most jurisdictions. Yeah, there's there's nine authorities having jurisdiction in BC. So technical safety BC is the largest one. We cover pretty much the the most geography in the province. Outside of the Lower Mainland and Greater Victoria, uh, that some of the larger municipalities have their they administer the electrical safety regulations. So they have their own inspection department for electrical. Um, we're pretty much all on the same page. It, we all follow the same regulation. So when a permit is required, it doesn't change. But you're correct that the permitting process is uh, slightly different on the information required. Um, it, and it's pretty fast and painless. You can phone in 
or go through our website and pretty much obtain a permit on that session. On the spot, yeah. Well, that, that I mean, if you can eliminate the, the, some of those barriers of like, oh, I'm gonna have to drive to city hall and I gotta stand in line or, you know, and then of course with COVID, we all had different methods of dealing with how people were gonna be getting in and out of city hall and all that kind of thing in the planning department and everyone tried to push everybody online and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if, it, I think the, the more barriers we have in front of things, the less likely people are to like adhere to the regulations. And if we can remove some of those barriers, i.e. like you go online, get your permit, off you go. It's like everyone's pretty savvy these days with getting online. So I think that's a really great move for the you know technical safety BC to kind of move forward with. Now with the the renovation season approaching, well, as we're, let's be real, it's always renovation season here. But um, do you expect to see more installations that are not up to code, um, particularly done by a homeowner? Um, I mean, clearly you know, a licensed electrician can swap a switch and a receptacle out with no problem. And they really should be able to do whatever we need to do in a larger capacity. But are you expecting to see a lot more failure? Well, um, as you pointed out, it, it really is always renovation season. I mean, when the weather gets nicer, people tend to get a little get, more- Get a little buzzy about it. About doing projects. So yeah. um, we do see a, a, a blip come the summertime in an increase in permits. Um, and like you say, there are jobs that are less complex than others. So if it's a simple switch replacement or plug replacement, um, you know, there, there's not a lot involved with that, especially for a contractor. They're allowed to replace certain items uh, without having a permit because they're yeah. qualified individuals. Um, if we're talking more complex, like I want to add an electric vehicle charger or I want to add some solar into my system, that's a lot more complex. And that's where even the permitting process may get a little more rigorous, where we're going to want to see what type of system are you putting in an 80 amp Tesla Powerwall or are you putting in a 10 kilowatt solar system on your roof? Um, depending on that, the permitting process could be more rigorous. Um, and, and then for homeowners, um, homeowners are allowed to do quite a scope of work. Um, but then they have the resource of reaching out to Technical Safety BC. Our safety officers or inspectors um, are available to, to, to help them through the process. Yeah, I mean, and, and within that last comment, we're, we're re we really are talking specifically around electrical, not full building trade, plumbing, and um, you know, carpentry and all that kind of stuff. So just keep keep the lens around the electrical here for the people who are listening. Um, so, what are the most common errors that Technical BC um, safety notices when they go to do inspections? Like what, what are the, the things that they see the most as far as um, the errors being made from a homeowner? Sure, I mean, the, the biggest thing and one of our largest concerns is unapproved products. Uh, we, we live in an age where you can order anything online. And a lot of the time those products are not certified for use in Canada. Uh, we've seen some catastrophes in the lower mainland and in Vancouver with, with products bought offline, uh, lithium ion batteries, recharging products. Um, so I, I, you know, one of the most important things is to make sure that the products bear an acceptable mark. So they have a mark on them that says they're certified for use in Canada. Uh, a familiar one most people probably know is CSA. Yeah, I was going to say it's literally dozens of marks. Um, they are available for viewing on our website. Um, as well as a link to Standards Council of Canada that shows everyone that's a, that's approved uh, for use in Canada. All right. Okay. And, and for those of you who are listening, we'll put that um, that link uh, in the show notes so you can easily just track it down. And you don't have to like dig through too much stuff. Some of um, the other non-compliances that we find that that are common are 
um, a lot of the time, the, the, you know, a homeowner um, isn't aware of the loads that are that that the uh, new equipment can put on the system. So the wrong conductor size. Uh, we see lots of non-compliances when people are remodeling their home and they have aluminum wiring. Um, I'm not sure everyone's aware, but when you have a device such as a snap switch or a plug or a light fixture, um, some are only rated for connection to a copper conductor. Some are rated for a connection to a copper or aluminum conductor. Um, so depending on that, you, you'll either have to put a small piece of copper with a proper wire nut, the connection method. Um, so there, there's things like that to consider that most homeowners likely aren't aware of. Yeah, and what you just described is kind of what I think electricians in the industry would call like pigtailing. Yeah. Pigtailing, exactly. Yeah. Right, yes. So if, if, for those of you who are going to get a licensed electrician, they're going, oh, I need to pigtail this. That's exactly what they're doing right there. Um, so, I mean, we talked about like that it's important to get a permit. We, we briefly touched on the permit itself, but um, I mean, obviously having a licensed contractor come into your home is the, the best way to go. I mean, other than peace of mind and, you know, you don't have to have the, the hassle of doing it yourself. I mean, in your view, is there any other really important reason to hire a licensed contractor? I can think of a few, but I just thought I'd throw it out to you. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, not to dismiss the fact that most people have a friend who's an electrician or someone in the family who's very knowledgeable. Um, the licensed contractors understand your entire system, your whole house, mm -hmm. um, service may be. Um, and if you're adding loads to that, you could potentially overload your entire system. Um, if you're adding electrical vehicle or solar or energy management or any of these new technologies that are coming out, or even a heat pump or a hot tub, um, they're going to understand how to add that load to your house safely. Um, so it, it's really important that, you, you know, it's a qualified individual that really knows the system well. And then as far as, you know, the scope, I, I would be making sure that your contractor is, is one who's familiar with that, especially if it's a niche market like photovoltaic solar systems yeah. or electric vehicles. Yes. So, I, I mean, within that, like, how would you recommend that people find a licensed contractor, say for some of those niche things. I mean, anybody can call up a electrician going through Google or whatever. Like, do you, do you have sort of like recommended or approved contractors in a list somewhere that people can find if I'm going to get um, a, a charging station for my car, or I'm going to put some solar in. Of course, we need to make sure we have enough power coming in from the street. We might have to upgrade the panel for certain applications and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, how do you find a licensed contractor? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, when you're of my vintage, you, you looked in the yellow pages. But I know, right? <laughs> what I would tell people is on our website, on Technical Safety BC's website, we do have a find a contractor. You put in your area and it'll show a list of licensed contractors. It doesn't break it down by their specialty or their scope of work. Right. But what, what I would suggest is, it, you know, my folks raised me to get three quotes. Get yeah. three quotes. What I would say is phone um, talk to a few individuals, ask them if, if they have expertise or if they specialize on putting in a solar system. Have you done this before? What's the last job you did? Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, you need to interview your contractor and, and make sure they're the right fit for you and your installation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, with getting a permit through a licensed contractor and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people seem to feel that it's almost just like a cash grab or like there's this like, hey, this is just part of the tax base. And then people are just like, the municipalities are just grabbing our money. Um, so what would be like 
your one or two top messages that we would want to put out there with the cost of everything increasing and so on and so forth? Like why sort of force people to get a, get a permit in the first place? What would be the, the things that you would say? Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's your entry into the safety system. And what I mean by that is it, within that system, we make sure that the licensed qualified people do continuing education credits. We make sure that they are audited in their installations, that they're continuing to do good work. So we do regulate and, and monitor the contractors out there, make sure they're doing good work. So that, that's what the permit provides for, for that safety aspect. And as you mentioned, I heard you say in a previous episode, you talked about insurance implications. Well, that's yeah. huge too. When insurance companies um, find that work has been done without a permit or by unlicensed or unqualified individuals, um, not only may they not pay out, if they have, they may come after you for the money they've already paid out. So it's it's really important that you're using licensed qualified. Yeah, I mean, you've kind of pre, pre-answered a question that was next on my list, which was like, what happens if they don't get a permit? And obviously maybe we have some insurance issues. Maybe we have some things that are installed incorrectly and maybe they don't function at, at best. They don't function the way they're supposed to. At worst, like they burn your house down <laughs> from an electrical standpoint. Um, so what happens if someone's caught out? Somehow somebody finds out that they're doing some electrical work in their house and like with a lot of other larger projects basically you get like what's called a stop work order and then everything has to halt and then you've got to apply for the permit and put in all your documentation all that kind of stuff and then you get a fine and all that kind of thing like um from technical safety bc standpoint like is that kind of the process of of what would also happen if someone happened to be caught out um it it really does depend as well if we're talking about a homeowner that innocently didn't know they needed a permit and found out and then came to us, uh, we'd work with them to get them within the system and there would likely be no fines. Um, if this is a contractor that's been told a few times in the past um, that we expect to know, then to your point, that there may be further steps taken um, to make sure that they are brought into compliance. But by and large, when people come to us to ask for, for help, getting into the safety system so that there can be a permit in place. We can have some oversight. Uh, we know who's working on their job. We know their qualifications. We're able to audit and, and check the installations for safety. Um, then we're all too happy to help them into the system. Yeah, I mean, ultimately what it does come down to is, is people's safety. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> the, that little term safety first is, is there for a reason. And it's there because there's been a lot of stuff done that wasn't really above board and, and there were consequences. And, you know, nobody, nobody on, even on their worst day wants someone to be hurt no. or, or that, you know, damages their property or any of that kind of stuff. So the I mean, safety first is there for a reason. And, you know, it's kind of the, the tenant that I know I, we live by for our own company that for work that we do, like just take a pause. Let's just do it right. You know, be safe. Nobody wants to, you know, have have the worst happen on this day, right? Um, so for the average Joe, the British Columbian, just listening to the show, or well, anywhere else, I mean, there's a variety of uh, listeners all over the world now, but um, for, for here in BC, where would someone go to find more information about all of this stuff that we've just talked about from, you know, permitting, maybe they're interested in some of the, the survey data that that you have collected and all that kind of thing. So what's the best way for them to, to you know, delve further if they have uh, the mind to do so? 
You bet. Well, like with everything else today, um, Technical Safety BC's website is full of information. Um, there's tabs for permitting, whether you're a homeowner or a contractor. So you can dig into that process. It, it runs you through how to apply, um, you know, frequent mistakes made. So there's, there's a, a lot of information there. Um, if you're from one of the larger municipalities, whether it be Victoria, Vancouver, North Van, District of North Van, West Van, Surrey, Maple Ridge, um, then you can go to any of their websites if you live within those municipalities. Um, that list is also available on Technical Safety BC's website. There's a map of the province. It shows where our jurisdiction is, and then it shows where all the local municipalities who administer the electric safety regulation, where theirs is, as well as the contact information. So if you do live in North Van, you could go to their website and see what the permitting looks like there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're based out of New Westminster, so we're tight. Our area here is technically. Yes. Um, so before I close out the show, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the group? Any information that we haven't really tapped into quite yet? Um, not really. I think that the point that I'd like to hammer home, and you've stressed it, is everyone wants safety. Um, and I think that, you know, um, unapproved products are, are a real issue. Um, they, they, they creep into people's homes because there's giants on the internet out there that are willing to sell you anything at any time for any price. So uh, when you're buying electric products, make sure they are certified products for use in the province and have a licensed electrical contractor. Um, who's knowledgeable about your system, do the installation. Yeah, perfect. All right, so before I close the show, I, I, I like to make sure that people have their say. And I like to ask a couple of fun questions if you're willing to kind of play along with me. Okay. Sure. Uh, so what would you like to change or renovate most in your own home? And of course, it would be done with a permit. So what would, what would you want to change or, or renovate in your own place? Well, my house is uh, pushing 30 years old. So some of the fixtures are, are not quite stylish enough for, for my lovely wife. And um, that, that's probably where I'd start. <laughs> Easy peasy for someone like you. Um, and I mean, clearly you're an electrician, so you're going to be handy. But um, uh, what's your favorite tool? Um, my favorite tool is a uh, reciprocating saw. I love cutting through things. I, it's not an electrical tool. I love seeing wood shavings fly. So yes, that's. Uh, you know, there, there is something very satisfying to doing some demo and like seeing a big impact in something. And yeah, like you have like something that's here and then you've got a big pile of rubble there afterwards. It, there, it, it is very satisfying, I get it. Um, so again, it's been really great having you on the show and, and I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. And for those listening, Glad you're here and thanks for tuning in and be sure to um, check out episode three in the foundation series where we talk more about uh, DIY and when and how to hire a contractor. And we give a lot of really super basic information in that foundation series. So if you're just starting your path down into renovation world, um, that's a good series to listen to just to kind of get the lay of the land. Anyway, I'll catch you on the next one. And until then, be well. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and learning about all things renovation. We hope after listening, you feel even more empowered to take a confident role in your renovation dreams. You can find all additional episodes and resources for all things renovation at our website, allthingsrenovation.com. And if you're ready to make your house feel more like home, you can contact us at woodbeart.com to get started on your dream project now.